Welcome to Make Possible Bite Size, a weekly podcast brought to you by Permutive, championing change in publishing, advertising and beyond. Each episode, we chat to an inspiring guest about their careers, their lives and how they're making change possible. Let's bite right in. Hello, I'm Tara Marbotcher. I work in employer branding and I'm really delighted to be here today. I'm very, very curious about how do you build inclusive culture. So then my next guest is going to be really interesting to hear about how she's done that in her work and her business. So um, to set the context, this is a special episode of the Make Possible Bite Size series and for Women's uh, Day and Month, uh, the DICE community has grouped with Permutive to build out a series of inspiring women interviews. So who are DICE? Um, DICE was created last year under the stewardship of Amy Keane to get rid of manuals, but more importantly, to create conferences and events that have stories and content heard that are accessible and look at diversity inclusive. We also want to get, a, get rid of manuals, but that's a whole different conversation. Anyway, on to my guest, uh, Leah Satter. So just a short introduction before I hand over to her. Um, welcome. Um, just to give context to everyone, Leah, um, whose work and organization I've been a massive fan on for a long time, um, leads and is a co-founder of The Other Box. Um, she's head of partnerships at, at The Other Box as well. She's been featured in a number of different magazines and has won many, many awards and accolades, but these are a few. Um, so she was featured as a future leader uh, for the WACL. She's been in the for, uh, Forbes 100 for Women Founders. She was one of the Ad Age uh, Women of Work and shortlisted for Breaking New Ground for WOW UK, so WOW UK, and that's for women in creative industries. So really, really excited to have this conversation. Welcome, Leah. Thank you so much, Tari. Thank you so much for having me. No, I'm, I'm excited about today's conversation. As I said, it's about inspiring women. So really, um, let's start talking about the last year and challenges <laughs> and how we've, how we've kind of dealt with those. Um, and I guess for kind of, if we look at the last year, the only constant has been change and has yeah. been challenge. So in your opinion, what's been the biggest challenge that you faced? And, and I'm sure our viewers and listeners would want to hear about what are the techniques that you've developed to deal with those? Yeah, gosh, that, what a question. I think uh, there's twofold to this sort of question. The first part is obviously the personal journey that I've experienced. And then the second half is um, as a company, uh, as a small business as well, like how we've had to really pivot and transform ourselves over the last year. I think to as a, on a personal level, for me, uh, lockdown, the pandemic, it's really brought out things that I thought I'd dealt with, but I realized that I hadn't. I'd kind of not dealt with them in a way that was efficient to really kind of grow and evolve from um, the scarcity mindset, um, the fear of failure, um, just worries for my family, for my friends, for safety, like safety is a huge thing. And for me, it's been a lot of work trying to really manage my emotions and not let my emotions manage me. And so that's one of the, the biggest journeys that I've been on over the last year. And I'm sure lots of people can resonate with that. And then the second part is the company challenges. So before the pandemic, we were um, a business that did a lot of training in person. We did a lot of events with our community in person, a lot of speaking opportunities, that sort of thing. And so obviously overnight that massively shifted and actually within the first um, six weeks of the pandemic and with the lockdown in March, 2020, you know, we lost so much revenue as a business. It really kind of put us into fight or flight constantly, which was mentally exhausting. And then as a team as well, like, it, you know, there's a lot that we had to negotiate as a team We're a small team of um, three. And so 
for us, it was about how can we make sure that we survive this pandemic, survive whatever's coming for us, uh, and make sure that we're still being able to service our clients, but also support our community. So the other box community is a huge part of what we do. And, you know, a lot of our community were really suffering. And so it really was about being able to support ourselves, support our clients and support the community too. So there's a lot of challenges to say the least. I can imagine and sort of those wells of resilience have really had to be kind of almost nourished daily given all the challenge. And I, and I guess you mentioned a bit about what the other box does in the community. Do, do you want to just take a couple of minutes to talk about uh, the, the other box and, and what it does for anyone that's not um, in, informed? Yeah, of course. So the other box started in 2016, mainly out of frustration that the diversity conversation was really ramping up at the time, but the focus was mainly on gender. And gender was very binary. So it's mainly looking at sort of middle-class white women's experiences. They were being given the platform and talking about gender is important, but actually for us as women of color from working class backgrounds and various other parts of our identity constantly being left out of that conversation, we really wanted to challenge that and make sure when people are talking about diversity, equity and inclusion, they are considering it from a more intersectional way. And that was really important for us. So that's why we set up in 2016. Fast forward four years, the way that we exist today is that we have an incredible community of over four and a half thousand members around the world and growing all the time that we support and connect opportunities. Uh, it's a place where our members share resources, opportunities, uh, support one another. And then we also, I mean, we consider it like a DNI um, ecosystem because on the flip side, we also work with companies on creating more diverse, inclusive, equitable workplaces that support and retains diverse talent as well. And then we also have a jobs board and do brand partnerships too. But essentially, it is really that sort of DEI ecosystem that's really about making sure that people from marginalized backgrounds feel seen, feel heard, feel represented. And that's, that's the crux of the work that we do. Perfect. And it's it sort of very much described as, as an ecosystem. I think that whole, that DNI piece that was talked about in 2016 kind of went into that whole lean in. And I think then bringing out that it's not just one size, it's not yeah. just binary. I think it's, it was really, it's really important to see and um, see how you kind of nourish that community. So that's, that's fascinating to watch. Thank um, you. Talk, talking about sort of challenge and, you know, why the other box was set up on a, on a, on a personal perspective, you and your co-founder interact a lot with organizations, you know, as you said, provide training, provide thought leadership. Um, there's a lot of talk about DNI this year, and you know, I'm ex McKinsey, so we have a lot of business cases around DNI. In your opinion, and, and given your interactions, do you feel like the business case for DNI is as valid? You know, are you still having to push that conversation, or has that has that sort of disappeared now? I definitely think there are quite a few clients who still ask us to provide the business case, and that's not what we're here to do. And I think also by companies asking for the business case, you're completely ignoring systemic oppression, which is keeping marginalized people out of work or um, pay disparity within the workplace and things like that. For me, the business case is like it completely strips away the humanity of equality and equity within work within society and I think for a company if that's what if you're purely relying on the business case for like what profits you're going to get by having diverse talent then actually you've got a lot more work to do a lot more deep soul searching work to do than we can be able to that we can do for you with that with the training and the consultancy that we do it's really um I find it really problematic especially because 
you know, I understand like profits and numbers, it's important to any business. Like I completely get that. But when you completely ignore humanity and the sort of marginalization that people experience from those groups to try and prove profitability, it just doesn't make any sense. No, I, I completely, completely agree with you. But I guess given the role that you have and, and the leadership uh, you have of the other box, you're always involved in those kind of challenging conversations, I can imagine. So when you look back, what, what do you think from a career perspective, um, what's been your, your biggest challenge? And I guess the one that you're probably most proud of, of overcoming? I think for me, the challenges with the work that we do is getting people to kind of disarm themselves and to be open to the possibility of changing and to be really open to the idea of what systemic oppression is and how it affects them as well as marginalized people. Like it's not just like, um, it's not, we're not two sides of a coin we're, we're, we're all mixed together it's, it's fluid if it, it you know we benefit from a system that oppresses people we also you know especially if you're marginalized you're also affected by it as well and I think for us it's really about how do we communicate these huge difficult really complex topics in a way that's accessible for people for them to then be able to action in their day-to-day -day with work and to include within their sort of DEI strategies and KPIs that they're putting in place as well that's the that's the, I guess the biggest challenge that we've had I think for us we've been very lucky that with the clients that we you know the clients that we work with are already on their journey and for the ones that we've had conversations with who are at the very beginning where they're interested in that business case for us it's about explaining why the why focusing and relying on a business case is problematic um, and it just goes back to what I said before about the humanity of it all no, absolutely. And I, and I guess on, on a personal level, you know, if you look back in, in your career, let's say over the last 10 years, is there something that you're personally quite proud of overcoming as a, as, as a challenge? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I'm so proud of the, the work the other box does, you know, as a team, uh, the impact that we're having on companies and people like we have messages from clients that we've trained four or five years ago, who are saying, that they, you know, the things that they've practiced, the changes that have happened within their organization. That's, the, that's what makes me really proud. I also see as well, like well, with the community, how we've empowered them to have difficult and challenging conversations, how they are, I think for us, how they are empowered to really evolve from that sort of pain body into ways that which they can make the workplace work for them. So really, again, it, it goes back to that there's this ecosystem of, it's really about empowering our clients and, our, and the companies that we work with to have challenging conversations, to really push themselves as a business, as people, but also empowering our community to be able to navigate these workplaces, which ultimately weren't designed for people like us to begin with. And so that's really that the impact that we're having is one of my biggest personal um, achievements and one of the, the biggest things that I'm proud of as a company as well. Absolutely, and I, and I guess um, that pride, you know, if it can be transmitted to give advice to people that are looking up at you and also maybe want to get into the industry that can feel a bit um, them and us, um, what, what advice would you give to someone looking, a woman looking to get into the you know, uh, creative space um, from a, both a kind of assessment of companies perspective, but also some general advice? Yeah, so actually, you know, I am um, before I did start the other box in 2016 with Roshni, my co-founder, we actually um, we were creatives in the industry. So Roshni was a copywriter. I was a designer by trade. And so we've been in these spaces before. And actually, because of our experience and our background, it really evolved into being able to do the work that we do now um, for advice. What I would say is 
to really find your people, find your community. And for me, the Other Box community has been a huge part of my growth, uh, my confidence, my ability to really push myself out of my comfort zone. Um, you know, I once saw, um, had this really great um, quote that you are the sum of the five people that you spend the most time with. So really making sure that you're around people that nourish you, that uh, really support your growth, uh, really support who you are as a person and really support that involvement as well. And so for me, you know, really making sure that I'm surrounding myself with those people, even as we grow as a team. So Seema Kumar, who joined our team in 2018, 2019, really making sure that we're, we're working with people and surrounding ourselves with people who are going to continue to push us and uh, work with us and support us emotionally, physically, uh, mentally, and all the sort of different capacities. So really, yeah, I really encourage people to find their community, find their people, because that's really going to transform everything. That's great. That's, that's great advice. And I, I think so the last, last question, really, what's your kind of guiding light in terms of, you know, if the, as the next generation looks getting into kind of the creative industry, what would you say your kind of guiding light is, your kind of philosophy? Hmm, good question. Do you know, actually, the first thing that comes to my head is a quote that I heard from Kevin Morosky on the Say Your Mind podcast by Kalechi Okafor. And he said that it takes a hundred pennies to make a pound. And it's not really a sort of full, I mean, for me, it's it's been one of them quotes that I, when, as soon as I heard it really resonated. So I had to write it down. It's been in a post-it note that's stuck on my laptop over the last few years. And I really think it's about not forgetting the smallest steps that you have to take to achieve the sort of bigger goal, bigger dreams and ambitions that you do have, but really not, not disregarding or discarding um, the small things that you do, the small achievements, the small wins, really celebrating all of that because it's going to play part into a bigger picture. And I think for an industry that's so fast paced, so like, you know, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? Like um, all about sort of the awards and the accolades, but really stripping that back and focusing on what you're doing, the impact that you're having, the small wins, the things that make you feel good, the, the things that bring you joy, that is to me uh, my guiding light and what has got me to this point in my career right now oh, that's that's fascinating and i'll definitely have to look up that podcast so that sounds really interesting well i'd love to, to have lots and lots of other questions <laughs> for you and i have got them but i know we're running out of time and this is supposed to be bite size so thank you very much for, for joining us really brilliant conversation and i'd encourage anybody to follow the other box and follow leah because there's great content and great thought leadership on ind in, in the creative industry um, thank you, everyone that's joined us today um, on Spotify or on YouTube. Um, this has been a, a really fascinating kind of episode, but don't go away because next week we've got another inspiring woman in the creative space to talk to you. And uh, good luck and uh, have the, enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah, thank you so much, Terry. Thank, thank you so much, Permita, for having me.